Welcome to Talking Paranormal. It's been a week. Took a, a much-needed vacation to a nice little secluded lake. Really not secluded. Um, little cabin. Uh, deep down, I was hoping it was going to be more spooky than it actually was. <laughs> it was a really nice cabin on a really nice lake um, with a bunch of houses around. So nothing crazy happened, but um, took last week off. And uh, here we are starting a little late this week. Um, Matt should be in in a few minutes here. Uh, but while we wait for him, let's uh, let's chat about what we're going to be talking about tonight. And there there is Matt. Let's bring him on. Matt, my friend. Bro, was, uh, I was, was I late? I don't know. My clock might be off. <laughs> I jumped in as soon as you sent me a link, good sir. Wow. 701. Yeah, we're right on time. We're good. And um, I froze. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can still hear you. <laughs> oh, maybe it's because my GoPro turned off for some reason. Hmm. Hold on. Well, Matt, you got, you got it under control there, buddy? Freak if I know. I'm going back out and come back in. You know, I got this new Mac, and I'm glad. I, I took yesterday. I, I got back a little bit early. I took yesterday to uh, try to figure it out and figure out how to how to use uh and matt's gone <laughs> uh i got this new mac I, I finally converted to macbook and uh it cost me a lot of money and i realized that i have no idea how to use it i thought because i have an iphone that it would be super easy to transition well it as it turns out it was a little harder than i expected so yesterday i spent some time and just got the uh, got the uh mac situated so that we could do the show tonight and I think I have everything set up okay. Is it not delightful, though? It's amazing. This thing is, I mean, compared, it's like a night and day difference compared to that old piece of junk <laughs> that I used Bro, before. I told you. There's definitely a difference in a $700 laptop versus, oh boy. <laughs> Kansas City, Dutch. <laughs> Kansas City. My Royals ain't doing so hot this season so far, but they trying. Um. Is it 1001? Oh my god. <laughs> Dutch needs to chill. He's on the other side of the country, okay? Um Matt and I really didn't have much time to prepare for this show, so I thought it would be fun to uh just come up with something to search on YouTube and uh see what kind of craziness we can find. So, if anybody has any ideas in the chat, go ahead and throw them out, Matt. Also open to your ideas as well. I don't know. I was trying to think about what we should talk about and I really I uh I couldn't really think of anything. We could talk about why my GoPro's being such a turd. <laughs> Are you guys talking baseball? I'm talking paranormal. What is happening? Bro, I'll talk I'll talk anything <laughs> anywhere anytime, you know that. <laughs> I am the master of equal opportunity conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You you actually are. Um uh, give me one second. I'm back out one more time. Sorry, everybody. All right. Bye, Matt. <laughs> and you have just me. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought we could just jump on YouTube and uh, type in some fun keywords and see what pops up. What is... The... Oh, Matt's back. Okay. What hey, is... What free... is that? We're just going to... Um, Rick, Rick, hold on here. Let's see. 
Judge, it, fun, funny fact, I would not yell at the umpire because nine times out of ten, they're just kids trying to, like, get paid. Um, I would yell at another parent, though, because I've already ran into that a little bit because my child is a giant. So uh, I've had a couple of parents try to be like, come at him in his little youth soccer where it's just pandemonium. And I've had to I've had to check a couple of dads already. Really? Bro, people get stupid. <clears throat> sport parents make it so sports parents are like Mopar guys. <laughs> they make it so hard to like them. Here we go. We're going with that first one, Dutch. <clears throat> I knew I had seen that before, but uh, this is interesting because uh, I think I might have found something good. So I did some tests to make sure that the audio was coming through, but just uh, let me know if this audio doesn't work, okay? I got it. Have you all seen this thing, the Vision Pro? Yeah, don't what is what is this? It's like three thousand dollars. Don't skip the ad. Let's watch it. The era of spatial computing is here. All right, let's see here. When you put on Apple Vision Pro, you see your world and everything in it. Your favorite apps live right in front of you, but now they're in your space. This is Vision OS, Apple's first ever spatial operating system. It's familiar yet groundbreaking. You navigate with your eyes. Simply tap to select, flick to scroll, and use your voice to dictate. It's like magic. Apps have dimension, react to light, and cast shadows. Even though these spatial experiences are happening inside Vision Pro, it looks, sounds, and feels like they are physically there. Foundational to Apple Vision Pro is that you're not isolated from other people. When someone else is you in look the room, like a you tool. can see them, <laughs> and they can see you. Because you're not limited by a display, apps live in your space. Your photos can be life size or any size. So your living room becomes a gallery and panoramas wrap around you as if you're right where you took them. Oh shit. Apple Vision Pro is Apple's first ever 3D camera. What? Now you can capture photos and videos with remarkable depth and relive a memory as if you're right back in the exact moment. Hey, Dad! Experiences on Vision Pro can also expand in three dimensions, filling the entirety of your space. Like in the mindfulness app, where you can create a moment of calm. Apple Vision Pro brings the scale and wonder of a movie theater to whatever space you're in. It automatically darkens and casts a beautiful glow into the room. And you can make the screen as big as you want. 
Spatial audio surrounds you and makes you feel like you're a part of the action. And for an extraordinary cinematic experience, you can bring in a beautiful environment and make your screen feel 100 feet wide. Vision Pro is a wonderful way to play your favorite games. Just connect your controller and play on a massive screen with incredible audio. With Apple Vision Pro, you can create the perfect workspace, no matter where you are. The web comes to life at fantastic scale. Text Bro, we all know what people are using these for. Read. Browsing the internet feels new. And Safari expands so you can see all your open tabs. I'd be a liar if that thought didn't go through my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Your favorite apps from Apple and the App Store are there. You can arrange them however you like and work seamlessly across them. Hi. Hey. Hi. Did we see the deck? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. FaceTime looks and sounds amazing in Apple Vision Pro. You see people life-size, and with spatial audio, you hear them as if they're right in front of you. So conversation is more natural, and collaborating becomes easier. And because you see the world around you, you can glance at a notification and even connect your Mac simply by looking at it. Turning a 13-inch screen into a giant display. In Apple Vision Pro, you can also transform your space. Beautiful environments let you extend beyond the dimensions of your room. Like on a plane. You can now watch a movie on a huge screen in a stunning location. And you control just how immersed you want to be. <clears throat> Super expensive. Oh, bro, it's like four grand. <laughs> Make all these digital experiences feel real in your space takes an extraordinary amount of technology. Yet Apple Vision Pro is remarkably compact and beautiful. A single piece of three-dimensionally formed laminated glass acts as a lens through which the cameras and sensors view the world. It flows seamlessly into a lightweight aluminum alloy frame that gently curves to wrap around your face. And we designed a modular system so you can find the right fit. The light seal keeps stray light from your eyes and a soft frame gently flexes and conforms to your unique features. The headband is 3D knitted to provide cushioning, breathability, and stretch. And a high performance battery reduces weight to a minimum and slips easily into your pocket. Because you wear Apple Vision Pro and your eyes are covered, we engineered a system that uses advanced machine learning to represent you realistically when you're in FaceTime. 
Your oh, persona God. dynamically reflects oh, your my God. movements. I'm doing well, so you. when you're chatting, people see your eyes, hands, and true expressions. Mm. To convincingly place content in your space took thousands of groundbreaking innovations and custom technologies. Since your eyes see the world with incredible resolution, we built a micro OLED display system that fits 64 pixels in the same amount of space as a single iPhone pixel and packs 23 million into two panels the size of a postage stamp. That's more than a 4K TV for each eye, giving you jaw-dropping, lifelike clarity. Apple Vision Pro also features our most advanced spatial audio system ever. Personalized sound is delivered directionally to your ear. And audio ray tracing uses sophisticated sensors to understand the materials and objects in your room. So sound feels like it's coming from the world around you. 3D mapping provides a detailed understanding of walls, furniture, and even people. So all experiences look, sound, and feel like they are physically there. To power a spatial computer like Apple Vision Pro required an innovative dual chip design. M2 provides phenomenal performance and a brand new chip, R1, processes sensor data at incredible speed, virtually eliminating lag. So experiences take place in real time, right in front of your eyes. A stunning new way to hey, do pause. we love. You guys talk about something. A powerful way to relive our brain. So, <clears throat> I will say this. Technology is absolutely insane. I, I got, like I said, I got this new MacBook. I spent quite a bit of money on it. And I really have been holding off because I really didn't think the money spent was going to be worth it. And then I started this thing up and I got the smaller one. I got the 14. I think it's a 14 inch screen. And uh, I, I was about to get the 16, but I was like, ah, I think that's overdoing it. And I got this 14 and the clarity of this screen is amazing. <clears throat> so when uh, I see that Apple's producing these, uh, what are they? The goggles? <laughs> uh, it, hey, I think we're muted, but I don't think anybody can hear us. Are you serious? A profound. Can you hear that, Matt? I can hear. I can hear you. But I think that's because we're in the chat to get the streamyard oh. together. Can you guys man. not hear us at all right now? Man, YouTube ain't taking any prisoners, man. We're even giving Apple free ad time. I, I know. Hold on a second. We might have lost audio for some for some reason. I don't know why. This is the longest ad ever. They must have paid a billion dollars for this ad. Bro, that shit's mm -hmm. like it's scary, but fuck if I don't want to play around with it. I know. Lost everything. Man, YouTube shut us down, man. Son of a bitch. Did they really? Dude, they shut us down. <laughs> okay. How do we get shut down for sharing 
suspended for policy violations. Is that what I said? Oh, no. Oh, motherfuckers. <sighs> oh, wait, we're back. Are we back? Yeah, we closed out YouTube, so we got brought back, I guess. Wow. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, you know, all we're trying to do is entertain. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I know. Okay, so everybody that watched a little bit of the, uh, the fancy goggles for Apple, man, there's there's a lot of tech there. Don't get me wrong. 23 million pixels per lens. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm still going to try to play this YouTube video. <laughs> I mean, what's worse going to happen? They shut us down again? I mean, yeah. <laughs> we'll still live on. <clears throat> this is still being recorded. So if for whatever reason we get kicked off, it's still recording on our end. So we will still be able to post it after the fact. So... <laughs> They can try. We even gave Apple free. I know. I just spent fucking three grand on one of your computers, dickheads. God. Yeah, I told you, man. Those things are sweet. Yeah, it's pretty badass. All right, let's try this again. Let's get right into the video this time. So, oh, shit. (laughs) Uh I'm going to share several astonishing new details that have come to light involving the topic of the lost ancient city of Atlantis and the Eye of the Sahara, which in just the last few years has taken the internet by storm as this unbelievably bizarre structure just so happens to match a dozen of the most significant similarities to Plato's description of the famed lost capital city of Atlantis. But perhaps the only thing stranger than these striking comparisons is the fact that the rooftop structure itself remains a genuine scientific mystery that continues to confound scientists to this day. As this one-of-a-kind geological feature is like no other place found anywhere else on Earth and has remained essentially hidden and largely unknown within the remote Western Sahara Desert of Mauritania, which only makes its distinctive nature that much more curious when you consider that so few people have still never seen or heard of it before, even including the most curious and inquisitive minds around. But let me ask you this, Joe, real quick. When you saw my video, was that the very first time you had ever seen this thing yes. before? Yeah. That's the thing. And that is the thing, because if nothing else, this extraordinarily unique anomaly should be included on the list of natural wonders <laughs> of the world. But nevertheless, when you see the new lines of evidence that I'm going to share in this video, it will become exceedingly apparent that the fittingly named Eye of the Sahara is by far the most likely location for the lost capital city of Atlantis. And not only that, these new details will likely make those who previously thought that this site could not possibly be the location of Atlantis think again. So with all of that said, let me start off by sharing something particularly interesting. It is widely known that the ancient Romans were renowned for documenting everything, as the Caesars went to profound extent to accumulate knowledge and information from every location their vast empire ventured. So I have to admit that I was quite surprised to learn of someone by the name of Pomponius Maia, who was the Romans' first geographer dating back to some 2,000 years ago, and had created a sophisticated map of the known world at that time, titled the habitable world of Pomponius Maia, something that up until recently 
I had never seen or heard of before. And real quick, let's not confuse this map with the ancient Greek historian Herodotus's map of the known world of 2,500 years ago, which I shared in one of my prior videos on this topic. A map that curiously listed Atlantis in the same location of the Rishat. However, the original source of this map is a bit of a mystery, as modern historians claim that Herodotus is not known to have ever created an actual map and have thus put its origins into question. So putting that map aside, let's focus on this verifiably authentic 2,000-year-old map that has also annotated something very interesting in the Western Sahara Desert. First, notice that this map is oriented to the east in its original form, so let me go ahead and flip it to a north-south facing orientation so we can gain our bearing, and the features of Europe, West Asia, and North Africa become apparent. So let's now focus our attention to what is in the northwest region of the Sahara and observe what it annotates here, Atlantia or Atlantia, which more or less appears as Atlanteans, and again, in the same geographical region of the Rishat structure, which, like I've shared in my prior videos, just so happens to coincidentally match so many precise details that Plato described of Atlantis, including that the capital city was famously said to be made up of concentric circles, specifically three rings of water and two of land, which correctly matches the Rishat with water in it, which it certainly did, as I will prove to you with hard scientific data in just a moment. But the circular ring city was also said to have an opening to the sea at the south, which not only matches the southerly opening of the Rishat anomaly, but it even has existing evidence of a flow of salt water that is still visible to this day, which, and again, I will prove with hard scientific evidence shortly. But Atlantis was also said to be surrounded by a large rectangular plain, which is another arguable similarity that extends for hundreds of miles on both sides of the Rishat. But furthermore, Atlantis was said to be made of black, red, and white color stones, which is another specifically unique similarity that matches the geological nature of the Rishat. And speaking of uniquely specific geological features, this next detail that I recently learned of blew me away, as there is English literature from the year 1851 on the preliminary treaties of resources of ancient Mauritania, which describes the country as having gold in considerable quantities and even specifically states, and I quote, that it is a well-authenticated fact that previous to the discovery of America, Europe was supplied to a great extent with gold from Mauritania. How have I never heard of this before? And get this. Mauritania was so rich in gold that several hundred years ago, a king by the name of Mansa Musa of the Mali Empire, which was a region of Africa that includes modern-day Mauritania, was said to have been the richest man in all of human history, so rich that he far exceeds the richest billionaires alive today. In fact, he owned gold mines, which account for more than half of the world's supply of gold today. And by the way, something else you'll find interesting related to that 1851 treaties of ancient Mauritanian resources is that it describes ancient Mauritania of having an abundance of elephant ivory, which is a significant detail considering that Atlantis was said to have numerous elephants on the island. And so it's worth mentioning that there is also existing cave art depicting elephants in the area around the Rishok as well, as I've shared previously. But I digress because another highly specific feature of Atlantis was that its center island was, was described as being geothermal in nature, 
and that it was said to have hot springs as well as springs of cold, fresh water, which is a reason why some have dismissed the dry Baron Rishot structure as a possibility for Atlantis. So I imagine that many will find it very interesting to learn that there is a little known study of the Rishot structure dating back to the late 1990s, which describes the Rishot as being a hydrothermal complex. Well, hot springs themselves are the very definition of a hydrothermal anomaly. And the fact that there is an actual scientific study corroborating this uniquely specific characteristic is significant in itself because Although the Rishot may be a dry, barren place today, we must imagine what a different landscape this region was some 11 to 12,000 years ago at the time of Atlantis. And speaking of 11 to 12,000 years ago, this is the part in the video where things get crazier and will continue to do so through the rest of the video. Because another key aspect is that Atlantis was described as having impressive mountains to the north. So assuming that the cliffs of the Adra Highlands don't already meet that description, there is likewise a massive mountain chain to the north called the Atlas Mountains, which were aptly named after the first known king of Mauritania, who, get this, just so happens to share the same exact name of the very first king of Atlantis, who was also named Atlas. Gee, what a coincidence. But it only gets more bizarre from here, because not only was the city of Atlantis described as having mountains located to the north, but also said to have rivers. So get this, recent scientific studies have confirmed an ancient river called the Taman Reset that flowed from the Atlas Mountains and winded some 500 kilometers all the way to the Atlantic Ocean, directly in the path of the Eye of the Sahara. And if that isn't fascinating enough, just look at the date of when that river is known to have existed, 11,700 years ago, precisely within the time frame of when Atlantis was said to have been destroyed. Make no mistake, the entire region of the Sahara looked completely different at that time compared to what we see today. And the next few details that I'm going to share may very well blow your mind. Because like I've shared in multiple prior videos, there is tremendous evidence of vast water erosion throughout the Sahara Desert, which is so extreme that it can be clearly observed from space via satellite imagery. Make no mistake, this is not wind erosion and has been confirmed to be catastrophic levels of water erosion by subject matter experts, including even the respected Randall Carlson himself. And the overwhelmingly apparent water striations that rip right through the Rishot structure all the way to the Atlantic Ocean are evident for all who have eyes to see. And upon further study, it looks as if an unimaginably massive force of water had blasted its way from the Mediterranean Sea through North Africa creating a path that just so happens to be at all the lowest elevational points through the Sahara, just as water would naturally direct itself. And this is the part where things get really nuts, because there is a little known yet unbelievably fascinating scientific study that revealed a gigantic under-ocean seafloor slide off the coast of Mauritania and is referred to as the Mauritanian Slide, and dates back to approximately 11,000 years ago, give or take, and was, get this, believed to have been created by a tsunami. A tsunami that, given the very nature of its shape, would have originated from the east, as you can see from the debris field's widest point, and pushed westward to where the, the debris field eventually becomes more narrow. But not only that, this massive seafloor slide is located directly in front of the Rishot's path, as you can see from the reference locations on the study, 
when compared to the respective locations on planet Earth. And when I say that this seafloor slide is massive, observe the legend in the lower right. From my own estimation, it is 300 kilometers or nearly 200 miles wide from east to west and nearly 150 kilometers or 100 miles wide when measured from north to south. To put that east-west measurement into perspective, the debris field generated by this tsunami is more than 25% wider than the maximum width of Florida's peninsula. Another comparison is that it's virtually the same distance from Washington, D.C. to New York City. So the big question becomes, what on earth happened to send a biblical-sized tsunami, so to speak, through North Africa in the approximate neighborhood of 11,000 years ago? And let's be real. If the Rishad structure is indeed the actual location for the lost city, the remains of it would be found in the area of this debris field, which, by the way, is stacked layer of debris sediment and is at least a couple thousand meters or more than a mile deep. This entire area needs to be scanned with LIDAR and even drilled for examination. Now, let me keep going because this seafloor slide is not the only piece of evidence that suggests that the ocean bulldozed its way through the Sahara at the time of Atlantis, as the next detail I'm going to share is extremely significant. And I must first preface it by sharing a highly important detail that I've mentioned in prior videos, which is that the last time the Sahara was said to be under the ocean was at the time of the Trans-Saharan Seaway, which is estimated to have existed some 56 to 66 million years ago, essentially all the way back to the time of the dinosaurs. And you can distinguish the regions of the Sahara where this seaway is known to have once flowed, but here's the thing. You can also clearly observe that this seaway is not annotated to have went west over the wrist shots. Rather, it went south, which is why I suggest that something else happened, something separate and far more recently that has somehow eluded scientists and researchers. And here is the smoking gun evidence which proves it. Emikusi is the Sahara's largest volcano, reaching a height of 11,300 feet or more than 3,400 meters, and is dated to be 2 million years old. And the last known lava flow occurred at the south end of Emikusi's caldera in the neighborhood of 12,000 years ago, give or take. And this is the part that is unbelievably significant, because notice how the volcano is positioned directly along the clear path of catastrophic water erosion, just as we see as the Rishat. You can literally see the line of the path that the water took and which clearly eroded and erased portions of that 12,000-year-old lava flow, which means that the flooding would have had to have happened after that volcanic activity. Whether it be 12,000 years ago or 2 million years ago at the birth of this volcano, this is hard evidence that the ocean blasted its way through the Sahara far more recently than 56 to 66 million years ago that's been claimed. And the evidence does not stop there. Because this white blemish within Emikusi's caldera at 11,000 plus feet in elevation is not snow, it's salt. Salt that is said to be the rains of an ancient lake that disappeared just thousands of years ago. And not only that, small aquatic life, including gastropods, which consist of snails, slugs, limpets, uh, and other small little creatures, have been found within the caldera and have been radiocarbon dated to some 14 to 15,000 years ago. How did they get there and where did that salt come from? Because make no mistake, this salt water would obviously had to have come after this volcano's eruption, certainly not before. So let me now take you back to the Rishat structure so I can share one of the most significant details of this video, 
as it will prove that seawater was indeed inside the Rishot at the exact time of Atlantis. Just as I've shared in other videos, all these white blemishes are indeed salt. In fact, the entire region around the Rishot in Mauritania itself is known for vast amounts of salt that are mined and exported to this day. And when you consider that all the areas in and around the Rishot with these concentrations of salt also happen to be in the areas of the lowest elevation, it seems reasonable to conclude that seawater had once settled and evaporated here. And this next part is the smoking gun evidence, as I have found another little known study that shares how aquatic life, including mollusks, which by the way, examples of mollusks include oysters, clams, mussels, squid, and even octopus, existed in the brackish waters within the Rishot and have dates ranging from 15,000 to 7,700 years ago, which proves that the Rishot was consumed with water at the very time of when Atlantis was said to have been destroyed 11,600 years ago. Let that sink in for a moment as the implications are massive. And let me just say, if everything I've shared so far isn't compelling enough, wait until you hear these next several arguments. First, consider that the story of Atlantis actually originates from the ancient Egyptians who claimed that they were colonists and the remaining survivors of a civilization that was destroyed in a cataclysm. And this is where the legend of Atlantis comes from, which is something that most people are not aware of. And so when you consider this next remarkable fact that was only discovered not long ago is that the Sahara was a lush green tropical landscape at the time of Atlantis. And considering that Atlantis was said to be abundant in exotic fruits and vegetation and had lush hanging gardens, when you piece together the fact that the Sahara was a known lush tropical environment at that time, only further adds to these possible similarities. And listen to this. The Green Sahara existed up until approximately 5,000 years ago when it shifted to the barren desert we know it for today. However, some estimates state that this transition may have happened as recently as 4,500 years ago, which is a curious time frame as it precisely coincides with the estimated date for when the pyramids of Giza were constructed some 4,500 years ago. And that brings me to another curious observation, which is that the notable Egyptian Eye of Horus is uncannily similar to the Eye of the Sahara when observed from altitude. Of course, many will consider this comparison to be a stretch. However, it certainly has a thought-provoking resemblance, does it not? But that aside, and although the Sahara Desert initially seems like the least likely place that you'd find the lost city of Atlantis, it actually makes a lot of sense when you piece together other key details. For example, Atlantis was said to be busy all day and all night, rich in trade, and with people speaking languages from all over. So ask yourself, does it really make sense to suggest that a city so vastly consisting of travel and trade would be located in the middle of a vast, dangerous ocean? I mean, would other less advanced seafaring civilizations venture out to the middle of the ocean to hit up a local market to trade for ripe fruits, spices, and vegetables? Or is it far more likely that based on all the new scientific data that we have, that the region of North Africa, which we now know was connected by a diverse, massive network of rivers, which of course are conducive for travel, wouldn't that be more feasible? I mean, after all, new studies involving lost human civilizations of the Sahara have concluded exactly that. And something else worth mentioning is that Atlantis was an empire said to be made up of 10 kingdoms. And I would not be surprised if any of the other nine that made up this empire would be found in the island chains found in this region, including the submerged islands such as the Azores. 
I am simply focusing on the capital city, which was said to be made up of concentric circles. And the eye of the Sahara is the one location that matches that highly specific characteristic and nearly a dozen others. Heck, even the names are still the same. Now, if everything I've shared so far isn't compelling enough, the next few details will hit the nail into the coffin that the Eye of the Sahara is by far the most likely location for the lost capital city of Atlantis. Because many have argued that since the Rishot structure is a, quote, natural formation, it could not possibly be the location since, after all, Atlantis was created by the god Poseidon. But when you consider that Poseidon was the god of the sea, water, horses, and earthquakes, the Greek word Poseidon itself translates to, quote, husband of the earth or lord of the earth. It seems to me that this is a lost in translation phrase that is meant to describe what we call today mother nature, which, if you ask me, would of course make the most sense. But besides that, we also know that humans have built upon the most unique natural formation since the beginning of time and still do to this day. Furthermore, people will also say that Plato stated that Atlantis was located, quote, west of the Pillars of Hercules, which we now know today as the Strait of Gibraltar, which is why many suggest that Atlantis would most likely be found in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. However, Plato did not say west. He actually said in front of. And the first thing you should know is that when you exit the Strait of Gibraltar, the current takes you directly south towards the Rishot. But furthermore, Assuming that a distant past civilization even had adequate seafaring vessels that could survive the open oceans, you had essentially three choices of travel when leaving the straits. You either follow the coast to the right, follow the coast to the left, or go straight into the unknown endless ocean horizon at your own peril. So here is something interesting to think about. If you traveled along the coast with Africa to the left, you would journey west-southwest for more than 1,200 miles before rounding Africa's Western Sahara coastline. To put that distance into perspective, that is equivalent from New York City to Lincoln, Nebraska. That is no little trip. I, I point that out because it's not unreasonable to say that the Rishot structure is in front of the Straits when you travel by boat. But regardless, Plato never said west. And by the way, another detail people get caught up on is that Plato stated that Atlantis sank beneath the waves, which is why many have long assumed that Atlantis would be at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. However, Plato also described that the destructed area of Atlantis following the cataclysm consisted of reeds of grass and that the area was no longer navigable by ship as it was blocked by a barrier of mud. Well, that does not indicate anything about being at the bottom of the ocean. Rather, he is essentially describing reed-filled salt marshes that are known to exist in shallow coastal regions. And although the Rishot is now some 1,200 feet above sea level, we know that that, of course, was not always the case, considering that the sea life once existed in the Rishot some 11 to 12,000 years ago. But this is why it is worth discussing the geological phenomenon known as isostatic response or glacial isostatic adjustment which describes that when ice melts, the significant reduction in weight causes the land to lift back up, but subsequently causes land in other areas to decrease, which is the likely explanation for the sunken Azor Islands, as it's been suggested that the melted North American ice shelf caused that land to lift and subsequently caused the land in the Atlantic Ocean to sink. But if that is indeed the case, would that not potentially have caused North Africa to lift? I don't know, but another enthralling detail that goes along these lines 
is to note that the antipode of the Rishrat structure today, and by the way, if you're not familiar, an antipode is a location that is directly opposite of another location on our globe. So get this. The antipode of Mauritania is Zealandia, a scientifically confirmed sunken continent that was only discovered in 2017. And considering that many have theorized that what happens on one side of the Earth could potentially affect the location directly on the other side, this detail is worthy of discussion. And by the way, let me give a quick shout out to my great friend Nikki of the Nikki Anna Jones YouTube podcast channel for sharing this highly thought-provoking detail with me. Definitely go to her channel, hit the subscribe button, as she is completely awesome. Her personality and inquisitive mindset are infectious, and I know that you'll just love her. Now, one last final yet important argument to be made related to the Rishot Atlantis theory is that many will say that the measurements provided by Plato for the size of the capital city make the Rishot far too large. However, I disagree and would argue that the true measurements would surely have been lost in translation over the course of some 12,000 years and through the numerous changes of language that would have, of course, occurred during the passing of that prolonged time. I mean, it's not like anyone today speaks Latin, which was once a common language, and heck, even the modern English language itself is only 500 years old and derives from Old English, which is quite a bit different, and in that in itself is only 1,500 years old. Make no mistake, languages are constantly changing, and keeping up with measurements, I would argue, could be a very difficult challenge, especially over 12,000 years. And Solon went out of his way to describe this issue of interpretation when he stated that he would endeavor to the best of his ability to describe the specifics of Atlantis. And considering that Atlantis was said to be busy all day and all night, it's fair to say that the local population would have had to have been in the millions, just as we find in other busy cities throughout the world today. So the city of Atlantis would have had to have been large enough to inhabit a sizable population. I mean, let's note that modern metropolitan areas are very comparable to the size of the Rishot. For example, the Paris metro area is well over 20 miles from one side to the other. And the same can be said for modern day Cairo. The reality is that lost in translation is a very real thing because even the ancient Greek word used by Plato to use and describe the word island of Atlantis was the word nesos which when you research the origins of that word, you find that it has five different translations, which include not just the word island, but promontory, peninsula, coast, and even describes land within a continent that is surrounded by lakes, rivers, or streams, which would be a completely appropriate word to describe the Wishot structure at that time. When you add all of these details that I've shared throughout this video together, I'd say that the Pomponius Maya map is probably the least compelling part, as it may just be talking about the Atlas people who lived under the, the ancient Mauritanian king of the same name. At least that's how some will come to dismiss this. But then again, it seems to me that the very name Atlas was carried down and reused just as people do with names today. All I know is that the numerous details shared in this video are too astounding to be ignored. And Atlantis or not, whether it ever existed or whether or not the Rishot structure would be the long lost location, if nothing else, like I said earlier, the Rishot structure should be listed on natural wonders of the world. And not only that, the very nature of the Sahara Desert, having clear evidence that the ocean blasted over it, far more recently than 56 to 66 million years ago should be a topic that is front and center among researchers, scientists, climate scientists, and everybody, geologists, 
this is significant. So I know some people will dismiss the possibility of Atlantis and ridicule the Rishot theory. Great. But like, we need to talk about the science aspect of this and what the heck happened to the Sahara Desert. That being said, I'm going to close this up. Leave a comment, hit the like button, and subscribe. But my name is Jimmy Corsetti. My channel is called Bright Insight. And stay tuned for many more videos to come. Take care, everybody. How can fans score on rental trucks and SUVs? You know what? Not a bad video. I thought it was pretty informative. Um, I'd never heard of that. I I heard uh, Corsetti on the Joe Rogan podcast. So I heard some of this, but when you're listening to a podcast and driving a truck, <laughs> sometimes some shit gets lost. And I didn't realize that, uh, like, visually, like what he was talking about. But now that yeah. I see it... Uh, it's pretty compelling. Um, I've always been on on the fence with the lost city of Atlantis, just because, you know, for me, it's like, how hard could it really be to find that place? <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. I mean, but that I mean, the guy broke it down pretty good. Uh, I know that someone like Dutch definitely <laughs> knows his stuff, but I, I don't know some of the evidence that he was producing uh, it was compelling and uh i don't know out of everything i've seen and all the theories i've heard that seems to be the most legitimate one for the location of the lost city of atlantis <clears throat> man i'm not gonna disagree with you i mean uh if not the whole city i definitely cat the capital like he was saying um because i mean I mean, it was it was there. You know what I mean? Like had the it had the structures like what was listed as. I mean, people, but like, it's too big, bro. I mean, look at like he was saying. Look at some of the metropolitan areas that we have today. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, it's again, it's not really a topic I've looked into too much on. <clears throat> I was one of the people that did believe it was out in the ocean somewhere. Yeah, could very well be. I, I I thought, like you did, that it was out in the ocean somewhere. I thought that maybe uh, there's always been the theory that the Bermuda Triangle mystery uh, has to do with the lost city of Atlantis. I don't know if I ever bought into that, but I heard it so much that um, it's where I leaned. Like if somebody asked me where I thought it could potentially be, I might have said that, but uh, I don't know. I, I like Dutch's uh, point right here. Um, the one he just made. Yeah, we yeah, can't wrap. It... We can't wrap a technologically advanced city into one area. That's like saying Washington is the center of our world hundred years from now. Yeah, very true. I mean, it's a solid. It's a solid point. Um, I mean, I mean, if you're that advanced, you've definitely traveled around the world and seen some shit. <laughs> you know <yeah>. what I mean? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, I actually asked Ripley about the Lost City of Atlantis, and uh, I said, "Hi, Ripley. What can you tell me about the Lost City of Atlantis?" And uh, she says, "Oh my gosh, I love history. So fascinating how humans evolved from cavemen into what we are today." But she keeps saying, "What we?" <laughs> like that is unsettling. And she says, "But back to Atlantis. I read somewhere that there was some sort of natural disaster that caused the entire civilization to sink beneath the sea. Do you think this could be true?" 
or maybe they were attacked by another nation. Either way, it must have been devastating for them at that time. Some people believe that the Rishad structure structure is what is where the city of Atlantis was originally located. <clears throat> we'll see what she says to that. Um, but definitely, definitely interesting. Um, as far as uh, Dutch mentioned uh, that ships pass through the Bermuda Triangle every day. Yeah, they, that's that's true. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I would love to do some more research into the uh, the other ancient cultures around the world that point to Atlantean culture. Because it's like, how do you? I don't know. We're going based off of a lot of what Plato said, and uh, I, I don't know. There's just not enough sources. The, the unfortunate thing of what we do is it's a whole lot of guesses. <laughs> It is <laughs> not educational ones either. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, it's a it's a lot of uh, a lot of thinking and um, just spewing what you know you might think is is true. Uh, I don't know. I think Dutch said that uh, they don't have lidar that's um, good enough to see below den- uh, a dense area like uh, the Sahara Desert, but. I don't know. They did some. They did some. Uh, what radar scans and they saw, you know, evidence of a lake or a, a of uh, rivers going through that area. So I mean, I don't know. The conspiracy theorist in me is going. No matter how close we get to the truth, there will always be someone to, you know, stop stop the truth from being known. Well, yeah. Although I I just don't understand why. Let's just say that the the powers that be do know the truth. Why are they hiding it from us? What is so significant about the city of Atlantis? Uh, like, could it change what we know about so- history? Like, yes, but you know, how, how would it be detrimental to us as a society now? Okay. So I believe that particularly American culture, I don't, Anybody else from across the world watching, feel free to chime in and stop me. But I believe American culture in particular, we are not encouraged to be exceptional, to be special. Like, that's the rare occurrence. Those are the exceptions, not the rule. Like, the American public, the general public, are taught that we're not that we're not special. There's nothing special in the world. It's just the world's there, and we and we just exist, you know. And then, like I said, you have athletes and stuff like that that are the exceptions. Um, like, I mean, to show my nerdy side a little bit, um, like anime culture. All the heroes in anime are like thirteen, fifteen, like teenagers. Mm-hmm. And then those exact same heroes, if they did a later show where they'd all grown up, they're boring. Mm-hmm. 
they're adults with jobs. Like they don't, they yeah. don't, they're not heroes anymore. They're not doing what that needs to be done anymore. They're just people that are locked in on their job and doing their job. So, I mean, it, like you, it always confused me that there weren't adult heroes in anime. Yeah. For the most part, because they were all kids. They were all supposed to be kids. And then, and then, like I said, you look at modern movies. All the heroes are these larger-than-life individuals. Um, see, again, but Pecker, uh, Aaron, I'll say this. Americans were... America is a giant tax farm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we all are basically cattle with our tax ID number of a social security number. And we work and we generate tax revenue and then we generate taxes by tax revenue by buying things. And we generate tax revenue by selling things. And we, and we're just here to generate tax revenue. I mean, we're not taught anything cool in history anymore. We're just taught that America went out and was badass and, we're badass for being America. Well, we used to be. Now we're taught America's god awful, and everybody's, everybody else is way better than us, especially if they're socialists. Dude, when I was in school, they were telling us that Columbus discovered America. Yeah, that's what I was getting told too. They're like, Columbus <laughs> discovered America. Nothing about Vikings being here like a thousand years before him. Even as kids, though, it's like you question the teachers, and it's like they shut you down immediately. It's almost like they're trained to know what to say to shut a kid down. They are they are trained to know what to shut <laughs> down. They're taught to teach that curriculum that they want to teach us. And it's never yeah. – it's not right. It's not the right curriculum. Like, you think about growing up. How often were you taught that the homeschool kid was a weird kid? Oh, all the time. That motherfucker's probably the most educated dude walking the streets. I don't know. I know some pretty fucking. Well, dude, I won't tell you right now. Oh, yeah, there are some weirdos, but you know, but you know what I'm saying, though. No, absolutely. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm curious, Dutch. When you were in school, assuming that you went to public school, did you ever? Uh, I mean, if you've been studying this stuff since you were eight, you know, did you ever bring it up in school uh, to your teachers? I'm curious what they said. Because uh, I know I've talked about crazy shit. And, Bro, uh, you know Dutch was this history teacher's worst <laughs> fucking nightmare. He had a beard back then when he was eight, too. He had, he had a beard. <laughs> he was eight years old, sitting there going, the Dutch did it. And that's all I'm going to say about it. And like he quippity-clopped his way out in those little fucking clogs. <laughs> the wooden shoes? Yeah, the little wooden shoes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but, I mean, but... That's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we're not taught, and we've said this before, and it's the same subject. We're not taught real stuff anymore. The egos involved in um, science, archaeology, all this shit is so crazy because nobody wants to be wrong and they don't want their theories to be disproven because then their their life's work could be just flushed down the toilet just by a new discovery. So I understand why so many of them won't give people like Randall Carlson or like this Jimmy Corsetti guy or Graham Hancock um, uh, any, any platform in which they would say, yeah, you know, they're onto something. They always try to shoot them down. And it's crazy to me to think that knowledge is so controlled that even new knowledge that makes more sense than what we've been taught for so long um, is still st uh, stifled. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Man, it's... Science in America is no longer about sharing thoughts, ideas, and new theories. It's about following the status quo to get accepted. And then you just quit trying to put anything else out there. You know what I mean? I just know that uh, I'm going to be that asshole dad when my kid comes home with some weird homework. I'll be like, why don't you ask the teacher about this? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I just it, it bothers me knowing that there's people out there doing some real work and some real research, and they're finding these, even if they're theories. The fact that we're not entertaining them on a, a larger scale, and that there's not uh, in school, there's not. They say they want them to be think tanks for growing minds, but I just don't believe it because if you bring in crazy shit, <laughs> you know Bro, the modern school system was was put in place by the Rockefellers, yeah, to help raise the next generation of factory workers. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong; um, it's absolutely true that they're, they're just there to create uh, a worker bees. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're, like school, the school system, the general public school system, is there. To generate shift workers. Yeah. But it's funny to me because like if you talk about a lot of the stuff that we've even talked about on the show, just even thought, just gave the time of day to even go, is it possible? Uh, People would think you're crazy. And that just goes to prove that these people have been brainwashed. So if you're watching this show or listening to this show right now, you are one of the open minded. Bro, I'll tell you right now, I'll talk about anything, anytime, anywhere with anybody. And I mean anything. I don't give a shit. That was what was fun about being a truck driver over the road. You stop at a little diner at 3 a.m., you know, 24-hour place, and you're going to see some other grizzled uh, truck drivers. And the stories that these guys have is just, it's it's crazy. I remember sitting there, uh, I was eating like pancakes or some shit at 3 in the morning. And I think I was in Tennessee. And uh, I just remember these two old truck drivers, dude, suspenders and shit, T-shirts that were too short. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the the classic truck stop truck driver. Yeah. Um, just shooting the shit about shit they'd seen over the road. And I was just like, God, that's crazy. Those guys have spent their whole lives just driving and just hashing it up with people all around. Um, I it just It really bothers me that our kids in school, and I know I just went off on a tangent, our kids in school just aren't allowed to be open-minded thinkers. You know what I mean? No, not at all. God forbid they say, you know, when you're learning about World War II, God forbid they say something to the effect of, is it possible that Hitler escaped to Argentina? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, shit. Well, how about the fact, well, see, Dutch is touching on something like this right here, about how bad Detroit was in the 40s. Yeah, it was a fucking war zone. But, like, something else that they don't talk about or teach in history classes is the fact that the government was intentionally selling and putting out poisoned alcohol and beer during Prohibition. Oh, yeah. The and, government has definitely done some uh, atrocities to us, and the U.S. government could probably be, you know, held liable for crimes against humanity. Bro, <laughs> no shit. Oh, right, let's just bring up a little incident that happened in 1945 I know. <laughs> a couple of them 
They don't want to talk about trying people for war crimes. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bro, the only reason we didn't get tried is because we fucking won. <laughs> oh, no shit. Good God. And I don't get me wrong. I, I love uh, the good old U.S. of A. <laughs> but, uh, Bro, I get in the morning. God damn. I, I get in the morning. I piss pure bald eagle, but <laughs> I mean. Matt just un- unleashes the bald eagle. <laughs> like, like, that's all you hear throughout the house is just like, ah! Oh, a bald shit. eagle. Oh man. Yeah. Um, I thought my wife just sent me a thing telling me she heard my caca, but it's something else. Um, <laughs> but no, okay. Speaking of bald eagles, pissing off the world. NASCAR is currently racing at Le Mans. Really? And they're doing well. <laughs> really? Uh, fifth, fifth or sixth place overall. Absolutely <laughs> smoking the GT cars. That's crazy. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports took a Camaro ZL1 that has actual headlights, traction control, and everything else. Really? Um, Jimmy Johnson's one of the drivers. Holy shit. This is like big news. How come I didn't know about this? Uh, Because it's a Chevy thing. Hey, I I told you I'm buying a Corvette. That's true. (laughs) Bro, that's going to be my Christmas present to you guys, Is to you, is a... uh, Corvette fanny pack. Oh my god, I I I will. People fucking push me to the edge with this Mopar shit. <laughs> I'm gonna get a Corvette. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Atlantis. I if I had known we were gonna go down this rabbit hole, I would have called the episode Atlantis. <laughs> Bro, but, way to shift it back. But I, I like it, and I think it's a it's a good uh, it's a good way to start that discussion. We'll definitely have to cover this again sometime. Um, I'm sure more shit will come out about the Rishat structure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, I was looking at the subtitles. They made, they made me laugh. So it was like wrist shot, you know, rich oh, shot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I this love, is hilarious. <laughs> I love some good old YouTube, uh, captions. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I am disappointed. They booted us for sharing an Apple <laughs> an Bro, Apple I just ad. found it fascinating. Like, I just wanted to share so we could discuss it. Yeah, I've seen it and I hadn't seen the ad yet, but I'd seen the product. And man, it's so. Here's the thing you know, how they showed you can see who's around you and they showed her eyes. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking computer generated set of eyes. Wow, it's really not your eyes coming through, it's literally a uh projection of your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> That, Who's that, that motherfucker off Star Trek? Oh, shit. Reading Rainbow, Mother Trucker. I know. Fuck, what's his name? God damn it. Fuck, I know what it is, too. I can't think. I can't think. <laughs> um, God. It starts with R or something. J R something like that. I don't Whatever know. that dude's name is. Now anyway, I got. Uh, now I got fucking find it. Mother Trucker's gonna be out here looking like that dude. I tell you right now, I wanna, I wanna play around with a pair. Dude, you, just a curiosity. La Forge. Yeah, La Forge. There you go. But just for the curiosity of it is the main thing 40. for me. Yeah, absolutely. I. uh what should we talk about next week? Let's get a plan going. Let's get a plan. Let's get a plan together. 
Uh, do us for real. I know I've been saying it, and you keep dancing around it. We need to do a true crime. We need to let's let's do Ed Kemp. That's my boy. Ed Kemper. Yep. Okay. We can do Ed Kemper. Oh. Like we need to do like like a like a serial killer of the month and do like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, do one episode, at least one episode a month about a serial killer. Okay. Yeah, we can do, uh, we'll, we'll do Ed Kemper, talk about him. What? A, that guy's a sick motherfucker, dude. Bro, that's <laughs> why he's so intriguing to me. That dude was out there. My and God. The fact that, and the fact that he hung out with the cops that were working yeah. the case. Yeah. Um, when I, when I first learned about him, I was like, man, it sounds like just a troubled kid and, and his, his overbearing mom. And he decapitated her and defiled her mouth. <laughs> like, uh, it doesn't no. get more evil than he that. He didn't defile her mouth. He went the other direction. Oh. Oh, he went in reverse. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't research it that deep. But, uh, uh, yeah, God. Yeah, I mean, it. it <laughs> I, I remember... I thought I heard him say in a quote that it was uh, that she finally shut up. And I was just like, damn, bro, that is some vile shit. Dude, he's, uh, he was sick, man. Super intelligent uh, guy, though. They're all intelligent. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. Um, you don't some, see no, you some, don't, some guys, some of those. Bro, I tell you, no, they're all intelligent. You don't see it. So? You don't see a dumb motherfucker getting away with that shit for that long. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when uh when I had heard that Ed Camper was he had shot his grandparents or some shit right and then he goes into the institution and he was on such good behavior that they started having him administer the tests to see how fucked up these people were that were coming in that he memorized the shit so when the, they tested him to see if he was like mentally stable again like he passed with flying colors yeah <laughs> that's crazy shit dude um yeah i got we can talk about ed kemper we can talk about that crazy shit uh man serial killer shit can get dark though oh we go down those roads <laughs> i mean it's i'm not saying it's gonna be great but <laughs> i mean yeah. we gotta do something we gotta do something we gotta we gotta get back in it yeah have we done a moon landing episode yet where people show evidence of bro we've talked so much shit about the moon landing no, like we... i'm amazed nasa isn't sending us a season this this <laughs> Uh, um, I'm down to do another episode though. Like I know I sent you that one video of like people prove like post posting their the green screen the green screen fails and shit. <laughs> Dude, I got uh Joshua Pitts. I think is the guy who sent me or sent us a while back. For some reason, I haven't been. Uh, I shouldn't say I haven't been seeing him. I just haven't been checking or talking paranormal messages on social media. And uh, he sent this one. I should have played it. It's a, it's a funny TikTok, but the quote in it was talking. Uh, it was this guy who went on a ghost hunt with his um, friend, and it was a complete train wreck. But uh, he was like, it was darker than a carload of assholes. And I thought that was the funniest descriptor I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> darker than a carload of assholes. That's funny. Um but uh, God, I don't think Bob Lazar would ever come on this show. To be honest, I mean, he might. You never know. I mean, we could try. <laughs> Hold on a second. So I had a buddy absolutely unlock a new fear for me today. Oh shit! And I'm trying to find it real fast. 
Seeing how big I can make it. Okay. Um, I think I'm just going to forward it to you, Chris. Okay. So that you can play it and there can be sound. Okay. Okay. It can it can get blown up, so don't don't be scared of it. But this is a new fear. This is a new fear of mine now. But also, everybody, let me know what you think. Don't watch it without the group, Chris. I want to see your reaction. Okay, so, so we're gonna. I'm gonna paint a word picture real fast. Okay. <laughs> this is uh, that looks like a Seminoles helmet. So I'm thinking this is Florida, and that's all I'm gonna say about it. Let's go. Oh my God. Oh my God, Jesus Christ, dude! Jesus Christ, I was like, no way is he gonna get that thing gonna get flung and just happened to go to him. Like, what are the chances? Like that bitch is getting bounced around by every single blade. What are the chances it gets hooked up and flung right at the one person in the room? <laughs> Shit. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, that that's disturbing as fuck, dude. <laughs> so, like Aaron, what that was, I'll send it to you so you can watch it on your phone. Um, actually, let me do that real fast. That was a snake coming in from the ceiling onto the ceiling fan and... <laughs> getting slapped around by a fan and then finally getting caught up in the fan and flung right towards the guy with the camera. Getting absolutely yeeted at a high rate of fuel consumption <laughs> towards the one person in the room. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, that's uh, God damn. That's like, I don't know. I have, there's something about snakes. I've never liked them. Um, the fact that they can come through the ceiling, the toilet, uh, that shit just fucks with me, dude. My God. I, I do enjoy snakes. I enjoy reptiles. I enjoy all creatures. All creatures. They all have their place in the world. No, they don't. Yes, they Mosqu do. Mosquitoes. Where is their place? Being fucking annoying so that people <laughs> don't want to stay outside. Fleas. Um, ticks. <clears throat> yeah, man. Look, oh. I may not know their purpose, but they have a purpose. Dude, no snakes, dude. Fuck. Like, rats in the walls, they can be fucking dealt with. You know what I mean? Snakes? No. no Bro, I'll tell you right no now, way. one of my dream pets, and, like, I've watched, I don't know how many hours of videos of how to set up the perfect enclosure and everything, is a uh, Aki monitor. Are those the ones that grow to, like, three or four feet long? 
Yeah, they're only like four foot long, red, yellow, and black coloration. Um, just a dope little lizard, and that it's it is like number one on the if if I got to go ahead to get whatever pet I wanted. Jesus, that's what I'm going for. Does it does it act like a Komodo dragon? It has like saliva that paralyzes its victims. No, dude, it's an oh. adorable. It's a an adorable motherfucker. <laughs> now I gotta stand up for my little homie here. Well, you gotta feed it live animals, right? Not necessarily. They eat they eat uh, bugs and like baby rodents that you can buy that are already dead. Wow, Dutch, that is hilarious. I will honestly say that what scares me is flat, wide open places like I'd never make it to Kansas or Texas. Um, I, I think I've made it perfectly clear what my biggest fear is, and that's the ocean. It scares the shit out of me. Because <laughs> we don't know what's in there. Oh, man, Dutch, don't ever come. Don't ever come visit here. Like, I'm not saying here's wide open, but like, we're like on the cusp of Oklahoma and Kansas, and. <laughs> No, I, I like being able to see shit. <laughs> but like that, in that video, he showed just a picture of the ocean and its expanse. And that fucking scares me. Good God. Whoa. Yeah, just that. Oh, that little guy? Yeah, that little guy. Oh. Like, I wouldn't worry about that little guy. What does he eat except for your fingers if you stick them too close to his face? Bro. <laughs> I mean, just look at that little guy. Dude, if that thing was ten times that big, it would eat you. Bro, that thing is so freaking cool. That's why humans are funny. Like, we play with the shit that won't kill us, because it's too small to, but if it was bigger. <laughs> Bro, like, I'm just telling you, I dig I dig lizards, especially monitors. I think monitors are really cool. There's this idiot on TikTok that has, like, an alligator, right? And it's got this sweet little enclosure and shit, and he's like, you know, got a little pet name for it. And he's like, I love you. And this alligator is just looking at him like, bro, if you don't give me another fucking chicken, I'm going to fucking eat you. And I'm like, they're not your friends. Dude, <laughs> like, my wife's pregnancy brain was so bad that she was like trying to convince me to buy a caiman. Jesus Christ. She's like, they're so cute. And I'm like, yeah, I'm... but that bitch gets like six feet long. What the fuck are we going to do with it? If you can't cuddle it, you got to kill it. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Bro, you should. There's videos upon videos of those, ac- those little ackies hanging out in their owner's hoodie and like they just peek out. Like they're just hanging out in the hood, comfy as all sh- get out. Lance brings up a great point. Imagine Bro, if any insect was the same size as us. It would be. And, and maintain their size scary. to strength, their size to strength ratio. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I got into watching. Uh, praying mantis videos where they're just killing random insects god damn those things are those things are fucking like they're long and lanky but god damn they can fucking kill take down a bird a bird no i think it was like a hummingbird but yeah i saw a video once shit that's crazy i saw a video of a rat taking out a pigeon in new york city i was like damn those are desperate ass rats yeah, mother. I wouldn't nature. own a rat. Wouldn't have a rat. No, I actually saw one. <laughs> so I was at work, and all the trucks were launching out of the yard, and uh, I was standing there watching everybody leave. And uh, there was this little rat, and it was a young, it was a young rat, but you could tell that it got into the poison that we set out. And uh, 
it was like wobbling and shit and bleeding from its nose. And I was like, I almost felt bad for it. And then I was like, oh, you're vermin. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was like, you can tell struggling, <laughs> just bleeding from the face. I was like, Jesus, what a way to die. That would suck. Yeah. Good God. Um, on that note, I guess uh, next week we will talk about Edmund Kemper, the serial killer. Um, the sorority killer. <laughs> yeah, what a guy, you know? Bro, is, I, I might actually do some research. Okay, I'm going to need you to um, look at some pictures of Edmund Kemper, and I'm going to need you to grow a mustache just like his. And grow your hair out and comb it sideways. <laughs> I think you might be able to pull it off. <laughs> so you want <laughs> this? Oh yeah, can't do that. <laughs> Let's to just grow see. Out in a week. Brilliant. Let's just see what we're working with here. I could be cancer, Ed. Oh, here's the here's the picture from Manhunt or Mindhunter. The guy they cast to play Kemper was fucking unbelievable. Bro, bro the casting director from that show deserves all the fucking awards. What the hell is this? Chris, you better stay in touch with them bitches. <laughs> there you I'm go. telling you, the casting director deserves all the awards. I mean, that's pretty close. Uh, yeah. yeah, there he is. I, I just look at some of these serial killers and the fact that people got into some of their cars. <laughs> like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> Bro, they were. You got to realize, like, attractiveness had different rules back then. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. Um, yeah, I definitely, I, I've said it before, but I do want to get into like the conspiracy theories involving serial killers because yeah, a, a lot of them have had history in the military and some people think that they're victims of mind control. So I don't know. But, well, I still uh, nobody care about that. <laughs> uh, I don't think they, did they win? I don't know. I don't know. Let's look it up real fast. Three to two. Golden Knights for the win. Woo! All right, folks. On that note, remember, anything's possible. Don't stick your dick in a portal. And, of course, Matt. It's a thousand percent maybe, my man. It's a thousand percent maybe. Like a thousand percent maybe I'll get this car done. A thousand percent maybe I'll uh, do something with this Hemi sitting next to me. Thousand percent, thousand percent. I might sell my Roadrunner and buy a Corvette <laughs> and another tin girl. <laughs> there you go. That's my boy. Hey, man, I told you I'd trade you a slam swepty for that Roadrunner. <laughs> I don't know. I might. I, are you gonna engine swap it for me? <laughs> I mean, sure, as long as the engine and trans comes with that Roadrunner. I oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually. <laughs> I'm not jinxing shit. Never mind. <laughs> like, I've had so many flakes. Man, I feel like Kellogg's because there's so many flakes that I've had reach out to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bro, I feel for you, man. Like, 
every time you're like, I got somebody coming to look at the car. They didn't show. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah, it's uh, I had a guy, like I told you, I had a guy that said, um, to, first he said 20 grand, and then I said, uh, 21,000. <laughs> and uh, he said, deal. And I was like, all right, show up with the cash. You got it. Bring the cash. I'll sell it to you for 21,000. Just because I, I was just trying to call somebody's bluff. Because I was like, I don't think you motherfuckers really want to buy this car. They're all the way across the country. They don't even. I'm like, yeah. you realize that I'm going to have to stuff all the parts, including the glass, in this car. I'll do the best I can to make sure it doesn't get broken. But that's that's asking a lot. And there's a lot of fucking parts for this car. So uh, nobody, uh, nobody, nobody took me up on the offer. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm definitely going to get another tin grill. But uh, I need to put some money into this dart. I think um, a tin grill and the van I was really looking at, hoping that I could sell this car in time, I could buy this van, is now gone. So I don't know. I think my dream of a van is going to be a while. But I have been looking at RVs again, Dodge RVs, so I can at least put the front ground effects on and uh, use some of my other van parts (laughs) and just build a bitchin' uh, RV. I think that would be cool. That would be cool. But uh, Yeah. Anyways, guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, when we talk about the infamous serial killer, Edmund Kemper. All right. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Thanks once again for joining us right here on Talking Paranormal.